often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 514. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox penthouse. And it really looks like it might be time for me to stop keeping a cum sock in the freezer so that I might be cloned in the... In the event of my untimely death it's probably not a good idea just for legal reasons just saying they might throw me in jail for that sort of thing here soon i mean abortion is actually illegal in the state of missouri as of was it yesterday today whatever i'm recording this on saturday the 25th of june and i guess the decision came down i think it was yesterday fuck i don't know and then it was like immediately it's it's a no-go in missouri and uh, you know, I'm thinking it's probably only a matter of time before any that they decide that every sperm is sacred, like the great song in Monty Python's Meaning of Life. If you haven't heard it, holy shit! Ah, fuck, not just talking about it. I'm gonna have to play it. I'm gonna have to play it because this is the time that you fucking that you have to play. It. You're gonna have to know these things. You're gonna have to know these things that every sperm is sacred. If a sperm is wasted, God will get irate. You know. That's a problem. And if they know about the atrocities that I've committed onto my stomach, as my good buddy Todd, he used to say. Uh, what did he say? Uh, I <laughs> committed genocide? No, it wasn't. Uh, there was something to that. I'm, I'm blanking now. But basically, yeah, I've committed genocide on my stomach at this point. He used to say, oh, he said I used to wipe. I've wiped colonies off my chest. That's, that's <laughs> what the thing was. I can't say chest anymore because, you know, my my uh, cum doesn't have that kind of range anymore. It, it usually, sometimes it will. Sometimes it will. But for the most part, you know, I'm, I'm 41. It hits my stomach for the most part. But, hey, I'm decided to get shredded today. And so hopefully just get in better shape. Maybe it'll the sperm will reach up higher. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it'll help my pride. I don't know why that would make a difference for me. But uh, anyway, I digress. Yet again, yeah, it's probably a bad idea for me to be keeping a, a cum sock around so that they, you know, if the Gestapo comes by and then looks for my DNA in a sock and he's like, you've been aborting your sperm. And then I could be in real trouble. You know, there could be, I don't know what the laws are currently in Missouri now that they've changed. I know that the uh, Texas one was, you know, a little bit s- strict, <laughs> shall we say? Something like, uh, I mean, anybody that helped you, I think, also get thrown in jail. But there's like a, you get like ten grand, I think, for narking on people that get abortions. Something like that. Some ridiculous shit. Anyway, I gotta look up every sperm is sacred as I completely digress and forget things, as I do. Um, which is probably gonna happen a lot more now because I've decided. I mean, again, I mentioned this just a minute ago. I'm going to try to get shredded again like I was in 2015. It was a long time ago, but uh, to do so, I'm going to have to lay off the energy drinks. I've been drinking like every day at work just to kind of get by. And I'm going to be really fucking tired for a while. It's going to take a while for my body to adjust. I've been. And uh, I'm just going to have to flush it out with some water and try to just doing some ab exercises and whatnot and uh i wonder if this maybe this video is outlawed (laughs) i doubt it's an old video there we go every sperm is sacred money python right here right here on the slap box podcast and if you've never just watched the meaning of life fucking what are you doing what if you if you listen to this podcast and you haven't seen Monty Python's Meaning of Life. I'm not sure if it's on uh, Netflix anymore, but it says here on YouTube you can either buy or rent it. Came out in 83. I was all of two years old. Let's see here. Let's go play the whole... Let's play the whole bit. This seems like the time to play this. We believe... Well, let me put it like this. 
There are Jews in the world. There are Buddhists. There are Hindus and Mormons and then there are those that follow Mohammed's but I've never been one of them. I'm a Roman Catholic and have been since before I was born. And the one thing they say about Catholics is they'll take you as soon as you're warm. You don't have to be a six-footer. You don't have to have a great brain. You don't have to have any clothes on. You're a Catholic the moment Dad came. Because every sperm is sacred. Every sperm is great. If a sperm is wasted, God gets quite irate. Every sperm is sacred. Should have probably set it up a little bit. I thought maybe they'd have the beginning of the sketch on there, but it was went straight into the song. And actually, uh, Michael Palin, whom I love, uh, is the uh, the father in that. I think Palin's like my fave of them. But I mean, I love all the guys from Monty Python. Of course, Terry Jones, the late great Terry Jones, is in there as well as the mother. And uh, it uh, Michael Palin comes home from work. At the at the factory, I think it's a factory he works at, and inside his abode, it's a very small house in England, and uh, there looks to be hundreds of children <laughs> inside this very tiny house, 
and they're, you know, like hanging from the walls at this point. There's so many of these fucking kids. And then, uh, <clears throat> of course, they cut to uh, Terry Jones there in the uh, kitchen as the mother. And uh, he is doing the dishes. And as <laughs> doing the dishes, a fucking baby falls out. Just, like, falls out. And then Jones is like, Oh, this, this is the third one today, dear. Could you pick that up for me? Could you pick that one up? It's the third one. <laughs> oh, so fucking beautiful. So, so beautiful. But I guess that's what we get to look forward to is that every, you know, every sperm is sacred now once again. And uh, there won't be any of that uh, horrid stuff going around, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> fucking shit, man. Fucking crazy times we're living in. But, you know, let's, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It's uh, it's a bit of a mess. As uh, Clarence Thomas, I believe, mentioned uh, rolling back other rights, as in, like, uh, gay marriage and, uh, and other stuff. As perfect timing, you know, right in Pride Month. To go, you know what? We're thinking about just going ahead and saying, fuck everyone's rights that's not a white heterosexual male. Let's Let's do that. Which is kind of funny that Clarence Thomas would be the one talking about rolling that shit back. And, there, you know, this is based on a lot of originalism uh, of the Constitution that the idea is that you should only go with what they originally thought the law should be back in the time that they wrote the Constitution. Which is great for someone like Clarence Thomas, who's a black man that is married to a white woman. There was, you know, maybe a few laws out there that could say that, I don't know, he couldn't vote considered three-fifths of a human being and uh, definitely couldn't marry outside your race. Maybe he's not sure that he's black. I don't know. Has anyone ever told Clarence Thomas he's black? That could be a that could be his problem. That might be an issue. I don't know. Perhaps. But, uh, I mean, even if he believes abortion is genocide and stuff, and I could understand how people would be pissed off about that and if they really thought that that was genocide, that would, you know, I guess be worse than the Holocaust to them. <laughs> Though, you know, there's a good chance that a few of them don't believe that the Holocaust exists. But knowing that that, that uh, a lot of uh, there was that survey or a poll, I guess, that was uh, just a year or two ago. I guess it was a couple of years ago where they... Uh, found that, like, I believe it was a majority of Americans don't even know the Holocaust happened. They're not even aware of it. I don't remember what the numbers were, but it was pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. I don't know what the fuck point I'm getting to. There's uh, there's not a good segue out of this. As uh, Yeah, I, I believe it made my position pretty clear that Every Sperm is Sacred is a good song by Monty Python. That's my position. Love me some Monty Python. Love those fellas. As uh, two of them, unfortunately, have passed nowadays. There's, uh, of course, Graham Chapman that passed in the late 80s, early 90s, and Terry Jones just a couple of years ago. But Cleese, Palin, and Eric Idle are still still kicking. Still kicking. Uh, now, I cannot get that song out of my head. Um, I guess I could segue into another authoritarian Regime that was not the United States. Uh, <laughs> I've been meaning to talk about this for a couple of weeks, actually. There's a. Uh, if you go on YouTube, if you like a lot of stuff about, especially World War II, and uh, just history, a lot of military history and, and such, um, it's like back when the History Channel was good, which I think was many years ago. Nowadays, it's just a lot of bunch of reality shows and like about a bunch of stuff that probably isn't r- true. <laughs> As uh, Agent Mulder's claw on the carpet over there. Um, anyway, if you go on YouTube and you're not familiar with him, Mark Felton Productions. Guy's good, great voice, and his videos are solid, man. Good, good stories on stuff. Uh, like I know a lot about World War II. And, you know, there's always more stories to find out about it. And his stuff's not just about World War II. There's stuff about even the war, like, going on in Ukraine right now between Russia and Ukraine. But most of it does tend to revolve around World War II. This video I'm about to talk about here, though, is not 
about World War II, but it's, it, you know, kind of an after effect of World War II in a way. It, uh, in the uh, 70s and 80s, the, the name of this video is called East German Boy Scout Tank Unit, which sounds like, uh, I don't know, some kind of new wave band or something. That's <laughs> it sounds like it should be named as something other than an East German Boy Scout tank unit. Um, anywho, uh, during the time of the Cold War, as it were, when the uh, Berlin Wall was still a thing, sectioning off East and West Germany, um, those in Eastern Germany, of course, were controlled by the Soviet Union. And uh, things were a little strict there. They were a little, uh, a little strict, from my, what I understand. Um, never visited there during that time period, so you know I, I can't really say for sure. Um, but uh, they had their version of Boy Scouts, and uh, I'm kind of saddened I didn't get to experience some of living in East Germany after watching this video. They actually, they had these. Boy Scouts. It doesn't. He. Didn't, I don't think he says in the video how old these kids are. They look pretty young, though. It's about the age I would have been when I made the uh, soapbox racer car, which it was all right. I thought it was cool. I guess at the time, but this puts that shit to shame and then some. They actually gave kids, um. These pans, you got the German Panzer tanks, okay? Well, what they did, they were trying to uh, really get sell kids on, you know, being in the military, which we do a little bit with, you know, even the Boy Scouts and stuff. But this was, this is pretty pretty heavy here. They actually made these, uh, I think it's third scale, a third of the scale, yeah, one third scale <laughs> Panzer tanks. And had these kids work as tank crews. They had to maintenance the tanks themselves and all this stuff. And fucking holy shit. They look pretty cool. I mean, they are legit like replicas, just a third of the size of these fucking Panzers. I can't imagine how pumped I would have been as like a fucking eight-year-old driving a fucking tank. Now, I don't think they had like live rounds in these things. (laughs) I could be wrong. But holy shit, I would have been so pumped. I would have been like, fuck yes, I'm driving a tank. Um, in the video, too, they show a half-size MiG replica. Because apparently, I guess, if you were in the Army version, you were doing the tanks. And then for the Air Force, you got a fucking half-size MiG replica. That's some crazy shit. He didn't get real involved talking about that. I don't know how the MiGs were real... That seems really risky to throw a fucking child into a fucking jet. Even a small one at that rate. Seems sketchy. Hopefully they were, you know, close to being a teenager at least by that point. Um, But, uh... (laughs) There's... I've read some comments here and there, too, about people talking about this story and this video and stuff. Some people that said that they were uh, a child in the Soviet Union at the time and actually talked about how awesome it actually was like, this is the greatest day of my life when I got this tank. It's just <laughs> Here's one uh, Chris Bauman says, uh, I grew up in East Germany. My grandfather was a high-ranking officer in the NVA in the 80s. I was allowed to ride in a tank on a military parade due to his connections when I was four or five years old. Later that day, I was given a teddy bear made out of a woolen blanket, uh, woolen blanked by a Russian soldier, and ate borscht soup out of a galashkanon? I don't know what that is. Galashkanon? I still remember this is one of the best days of my life. Fuck yeah, man. If I got to ride in a tank as a fucking four or five-year-old, I probably would have been a totally different person. (laughs) 
I don't know. Like, I probably would have signed up for the military the next day. Like, <laughs> my dad was a Vietnam vet, though, and always uh, told me that, like, yeah, you don't want to go around killing people. Um, which I took that to heart and uh, didn't uh, go around doing it. Maybe had he not done that and just stuck me in a tank at four or five, I'd have been like, fuck yes, fuck yeah. Because I, I don't know if it's just a thing of being a child, you want to blow shit up, or just being an American. Something in there makes me want to blow stuff up. There's, I mean, I don't feel that I need <laughs> really to blow things up. But there's something deep inside. Deep inside. Uh, I haven't exercised that in a long time. I really don't feel that anymore. But in my younger days, there was a little thing where fire was exciting and all these things. I've uh, come wiser at, at an older age. I never really gave a shit about guns. I shot them a few times, but could really give a shit less. But explosions, for whatever reason, like a tank, man, that would have been exciting. That would have been something. Uh, yeah, so jealous, though. That is that is uh, that's something. But uh, I guess... Uh, and it's hard to think about other things after the whole uh, Supreme Court justice thing. You know, they're putting the... Uh, Getting rid of the a uh, couple of laws there, where there's the uh, laws in cities like uh, New York City and such, where uh, you can stopping fe- people from concealing carrying guns and stuff, and saying that the states can't regulate that, and then, and then turn around and do the opposite sort of with abortion, saying that you no, know, no states, or well, the states decide on that one anyway. <laughs> I feel like a lot more people are going to be packing heat and there's going to be a lot of rage going around on both sides here. This is uh, if, as if America wasn't already a powder keg. Like we needed more gasoline for the fire here. <laughs> but I guess like Billy Joel said, you know, we didn't start the fire. It was always burning. Um, on a lighter note, though, <laughs> hey, that la- I did enjoy, really enjoy that uh, last episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi on the old Disney Plus. I uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, there's parts I enjoyed. That, there's parts I, I didn't care for as much. Um, I did really enjoy the uh, the last duel with uh, Vader and Obi-Wan. Spoiler alert, neither one of them died in it. <laughs> I know that's shocking. I guess shocking if you've never watched Star Wars in your life. And all you did was watch Obi-Wan. Like, that's the only Star Wars you had. If that Then it might be shocking. Other than that, I mean, if you've seen New Hope, the original Star Wars movie to come out, you're probably not shocked. Obi-Wan did not die in it. Neither did Vader. But, uh, like I was saying, though, the uh, fight scene... Looks a lot better in these newer ones. I mean, technology has improved a lot. So, I mean, of course it's going to look a lot different. Back in the day when they filmed, say, A New Hope, they had, like, rods, just sticks, where uh, (laughs) they had to, I believe it was, like, every frame of film... Like, they went through every frame and had to paint the light on. I didn't look this up a little bit. Um, how they, yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so nice for me. Uh, it's so easier for me to, to say what I'm typing for whatever reason. It's kind of a problem when I'm. Uh, <laughs> it it's kind of a problem when I'm typing and also trying to talk at the same time, and you know. Anyway, uh, but originally they uh, oh, there's a birth of a lightsaber um featurette. 
the prop. Let's see here. Yeah, they have these sticks. I mean, they're like swords, basically. They're like fencing swords. They're, I guess like a clear rod, if it looks right. Um, they're made of wood, so I guess it's not clear. Uh, but they would basically fence with these things. Um, it says, this is according to Wikipedia, the uh, props are made of wood. Also due to the brittleness of the stunt blades used during the fight, which were little more than wooden dowels, Diamond was forced to instruct Alec Guinness and David Prowse to stop their blades before contact due to their fragility. If there isn't any particular special feature about the props to separate them from the rest of the image, were they done manually? Yeah, how's the lightsaber effects accomplished? This is off StackExchange.com. This is weird. This is on Stack Exchange. Um, do they have a? Uh, hmm. It's uh, they uh, they had a reflective. Okay, that's why it looks kind of funny. They have a reflective material covering the the wooden tubes. Uh, made out of a movie screen and shining bright spotlights onto it in order to make it appear fluorescent. Uh, they then used film filters in post-production to make the effect seem sus- substantially more pronounced and to add coloring. Uh, then later, films also used a technique called rotoscoping to add light flares and coloration. But I th- believe, too, they went through... <laughs> And went to like painted like each frame. Yeah, I guess rotoscoping is basically doing that. It's, uh, of course, uh, of course, to Wikipedia, not <laughs> Wikipedia. This uh, rotoscoping is an animation technique that animators use to trace over motion picture footage frame by frame to produce realistic action. So yeah, the rotoscoping is what I was thinking of. But I guess maybe they didn't do that in the original. That's why the blades aren't as bright and such. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and the new ones though, what I was going to say with the way they did it back then, because the light effect was added in later and you did with like the rotoscoping and stuff, you had to paint all that shit in because the light wasn't there when they filmed it, it. You didn't get any of the reflections and stuff on Darth Vader's helmet and Darth Vader's helmet is, and just like where Obi-Wan's face, you don't get all that reflection and you get just so much reflection there's light it's a fucking lightsaber it's in the name you know it's lighting everything up and it's cool how they do the lighting now it's just so much more realistic with that and uh i it, i i dig that aspect and when uh obi-wan shoots all the rocks at darth and then uh puts a big old cut on his head busts open the mask and you got the red and the blue shining in his face then it goes to red. It's just nice. Nice. So warm. Ah, uh, the Sith. Gotta love the Sith. I, I've gone all of... Uh, like, I don't know. Maybe 13 hours without an energy drink, and I'm already missing them. <laughs> it's probably more the fact that I... Didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night. As uh, I hear that'll make you tired. Also, with me going back and trying to get shredded, I'm saying I'm talking shit today a little bit because you know I'm only start working out a little bit more to within a day. But I'm also trying to cut out a lot of the junk food I eat. I realize that's either easier than thought than uh, actually doing it. There, that's uh, that's two different things. There's uh. I feel like I've got my my mind in the right mindset and maybe uh, I can get back into get my groove back like Stella did which you know I don't know that I ever watched all that movie I, I'm sure I know that I've seen at least parts of it back in the day I mean it's been out for quite some time at this point um damn it I, I need it though I need to get jacked I started doing this one video I was doing earlier 
Like there was uh they did like the bicycle kick where you're like laying on your on your back there. You put the old uh legs up in the air and you do the bicycle, kind of like the Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat. And there was some planking involved and uh a lot of pain. <laughs> they were not easy for me. I had just not too long before that I had ran three miles too in the, the hot hot heat and humidity. Then I did some strength training for my knees and stuff after doing the uh, the ab stuff, which now I'm thinking of there's something about Mary, which the great bit where uh, Ben Stiller picks up the hitchhiker and uh, turned out to be a serial killer. And uh, he's talking about eight-minute abs. And then uh, well, what if uh, and then Ben Stiller's like, uh, well, it was like seven-minute abs. And then he's like, well, what if somebody comes out with six-minute abs? And then it's just like, you can't even get the mouse on the wheel part. They're like, ah, it's such a great scene. It's such a great. Uh, I even watched that movie forever. That movie's fucking old. Holy shit. I used to just absolutely love the Ferrelli brothers. And those t- those guys were like an inspiration for me back in the day. It was like, oh, I still have a chance of possibly making a movie one day and making money because they were like in their 40s when they put out their first film, Dumb and Dumber. But now that I'm in my 40s, I'm like, well, I feel like I'm really kind of running out of time here. I better do it tomorrow if, uh, if I were to <laughs> have any chance. Um There is someone walking behind you. It's always interesting to see all of the uh, top things when you put in, like, there is some. <laughs> um, About Amy. Amy Schumer? I don't know what that's all about. Who's this Mary? I don't want to find... I don't want to go to the... Uh, um. There we go. Hitchhiker. Hitchhiker. Damn it. Hitchhiker. That should find... Hopefully I can find the bit. Two minutes. This is good. Here we go. We're gonna... Probably an ad's gonna play. Motherfucker. Damn it, HostGator. I mean, they're my... (laughs) They provide my server stuff for me here for the website, so I guess I can't talk shit about HostGator, but damn you, come on. I already pay you money. Hey, thanks for picking me up, man. Yeah, no problem. I've been driving for like 15 hours straight, so I could use the company. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've been standing in the same spot for five and a half hours. You know they made it illegal to hitchhike in this state? Really? Oh, that, that must make it really tough. So, uh, what's going on with you? You a salesman or? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. I am. Yeah? Uh, I'm a salesman. I'm going to start my own company. Really? You want in? Uh, I, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really have any, you know, money or... You heard of this thing, the eight-minute abs? Yeah, sure, eight-minute abs, yeah, the uh, exercise video. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, this is going to blow that right out of the water. Listen to this. Seven-minute abs. Right, yes. I Okay, all right. I see where you're going. Think about it. You walk into a video store, you see eight-minute abs sitting there. There's right. seven-minute abs right beside it. Which one right. are you going to pick, man? I'm, I would go for the seven. Yeah, I'd go for Bingo, the man, seven. bingo. Seven-minute abs. And we right. guarantee just to get a workout is the eight-minute folk. You guarantee it? That's how do, you, how do you do that? If you're not happy with the first seven minutes, we're going to send you the extra minute free. See, that's it. That's our motto. That's where we're coming from. That's from A to B. That's right. That's, that's good. That's good. Unless, of course, somebody comes up with uh, six-minute abs. Then you're in trouble, huh? No! No, no, not six. I said seven. Nobody's coming up with six. Who works out in six minutes? You won't even get your heart going, not even a mouse right. on a wheel. 
point. Seven's yeah. the key number here. Think about it. Right. Seven, seven elevens? Yeah. Seven dwarfs? Seven, man, that's the number. Seven chipmunks twirling on a branch, eating lots of sunflowers on my uncle's ranch. You know that old children's tale from the sea? It's like you're dreaming about gorgonzola cheese when it's clearly free time, baby. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. Yeah, you know what? I gotta pee. I'm just gonna pull over. No, your car seats are making me itchy, man. These made out of cactus. Only waiting seven minutes total. Oh, so good. <laughs> I fucking love that scene. And if you have, you know, maybe if you're a young, the movie's like over 20 years old now, so. If you're a bit younger, I mean, maybe you haven't seen that movie, and uh, the, uh, Harlan Williams is playing the guy about selling the seven-minute abs, and, of course, Ben Stiller is the one driving, going, you know, what if somebody comes out with six minutes? That's the old Ben Stiller there. And uh, Harlan Williams' character is there holding a, a duffel bag with something very large in it. You come to find out later is a dead body. <laughs> but it's just so great. I love that fucking step into my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. <laughs> Oh, so good. Seven minute abs. We're gonna we're gonna give them the other minute free if they're not happy with the first seven. I think he's totally right though. Seven is the key number. It's always been a key number for me. It's been very lucky for me. Sevens, a lot of sevens involved with me being born, my weight and such. I don't know that I want to give out all my information. But there hey, there's a couple of sevens in there. And uh you know, it worked out when I was came to be. And uh, tools, you know, I'm a big tool fan, and they're all about sevens. That's why Tempest actually starts with the number seven. So maybe Harlan Williams, uh, he's really on to some shit there. Seven, man. Seven is the key number. <laughs> uh, I kind of forgot that that's where that line originated about the, the stepping away off because you're fucking fired. I <laughs> know the line. Like, oh yeah, that's from that scene. Stepping away office. Because uh, you're fucking fired. Mm. We gu- we guarantee you just a good a workout as the eight minute folk. Uh, the, the, my, the, my favorite part about that might be the Gorgonzola bit though. That is pretty great. Where he's just talking, he he pauses uh, when he's like freaking out over the whole like six minute Bart, and he's just uh, does this weird shit with his face. And he's like, it's like it's like you're eating gorgonzola or whatever. Harry puts that when it's clearly it's brie time, baby. <laughs> uh it's it's brie time. Step in my office, motherfucker, because you're fucking fired. Uh, oh. It's been so long. It's probably been a good de- oh, decade or more since I've seen that movie. I just recently watched most of Dumb and Dumber, and that's still still a classic. And it's so funny. Like I kind kind of forgot stuff about it, but I've watched that movie so much. I've watched there's something about Mo- uh, Mary a lot too. So I mean, I, there's nothing that's gonna really surprise me if I go back and watch the thing. But with Dumb and Dumber, I was every fucking year, man. Every year, I made sure to watch that movie at least once for probably a good solid decade. <laughs> and when the fir- movie first came out, of course, though, I had the VHS, and I would watch it over and over again. I'd fucking... It was kind of a pain in the ass back then because you would then have to rewind the damn thing before you could watch it again. Which I guess gave you a little bit of a, a freshener. It's almost like an intermission. You're like, okay, I can go to the bathroom now. I can maybe get a couple of drinks or uh, eat something, get a snack, get some Pringles, maybe some ramen, pizza rolls, you know, whatever. And then go back and get some more Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. The Ferrelli Brothers classic. Ugh. Which reminds me, actually, I believe they're, uh, I believe they're supposed to be making a sequel to Kingpin, which, 
it's crazy that you know with Randy Quaid's whole thing. Um, I fucking love that movie too. It's not my favorite Frelly brother movie, but man, it's so good, so good. Um, I haven't heard anything about it in a while though, and uh, even when uh, I did hear about it, it wasn't like I heard a whole lot. Um. No, I don't even know about the Spider Verse. Why are you telling me about this? Shit, the latest article that pops up. I've seen stuff from June of last year. Um, well, we'll see what. It's all around the same time. I guess that must have just been like an announcement, and we haven't really heard anything. Let's see what IGN has to say here. The Fredley Brothers are making a Kingpin sequel. Nearly 25 years after the original Kingpin hit theaters, Peter and Bobby Ferelli are developing a follow-up to their bowling comedy. A sequel to Kingpin is in active development at Village Roadshow Pictures with both Ferelli brothers attached to produce Per Collider. Um, of course, the original Kingpin followed an ex-professional bowler played by Woody Harrelson, who finds a new purpose in managing a talented Amish up-and-comer, played by Randy Quaid. Vanessa Angel co-starred alongside Bill Murray, who played the nefarious bowling superstar Ernie McCracken. It's a great fucking name. Great fucking name. Ernie motherfucking McCracken. No script has been written yet as of a year ago when this article came out, uh, meaning that there are no details available about the plot, setting, or even the characters involved in the sequel. Notably, the Frelly brothers did not write the original Kingpin, which I was—I didn't know that. Maybe I knew that at one point. Uh, whether Harrelson, Quaid, Angel, or Murray would return for the follow-up remains to be seen. I would imagine if the Frelly brothers were involved, they'd at least get like Woody and hopefully Bill, man. It says, Peter and Bobby Ferrelli made another comedy sequel, of course, to one of their films in 2014 with Dumb and Dumber 2. Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels both reprised their roles from 94 original. Kingpin grossed a modest $32.2 million at the box office during its 96th theatrical run. The company had a reported $25 million budget, so they got <clears throat> they made money. Um, however, Kingpin enjoyed a successful second life on home video and has garnered a passionate fan base over the years, becoming one of the Frelly Brothers' most well-regarded movies. For more about Bill Murray, yeah, I don't need to read more about Bill Murray. I know I know a lot, plenty about Bill Murray. Okay. Me and Bill, are, we go way back. I mean, Ghostbusters. I grew up with Mr. Bill Murray. Watching reruns at SNL as a young man with Mr. Bill Murray. And I'm really not seeing anything recent, unfortunately. Like, So I don't, I mean, I can't confirm anybody. There's no way to confirm any of the people in it. I would be surprised if they got Randy Quaid back in that. Um, Which... If you're unfamiliar with, you know, the last, I don't know, decade plus of Randy Quaid's life, he really became one of his characters from the movies. Um, whereas uh, he had the whole Star Whacker thing where he skipped out on some very large hotel bills and then fled the U.S., went to Canada. Um, and maybe he's back. I know at one point he was talking about running for mayor of California. I don't know if he actually did when they had the runoff with uh, Gavin Noosa or the whatever you want to call. Um, I'm pretty sure he is not the governor of California. Uh, Joe Blow has a 23-minute video on there that would, uh, I don't really need to. I don't really need to watch that. Um, he, he had a lot of money. He was in some big movies and shit, you know. I mean, he was fucking Cousin Eddie. And he was good as a crazy motherfucker. And maybe the shit just went to his head. Is like, man, seeing these pictures of him, like he is. I, I think he might be Q. <laughs> like, uh, Jesus, man. Let's see what uh, TVOvermind.com has to say. There, I want to find out what. 
I can't remember if he's like back in the U.S. I think I heard maybe he is. Maybe somebody paid off his hotel bills. Says uh, here, one might assume that Randy Quaid would be doing something even if it was under the radar when it comes to acting, but according to his filmography, the actor hasn't really done much since 2018. Which I can't believe he did something that even that recently. Uh, he's several years removed from any word of the legal troubles that he and his wife, Evie, went through a while back. And it would appear that he's kind of just fallen off the map in a way as he's been living in Vermont for a while. So, yeah, back in the U.S. Back in the U.S. Back in the U.S.S.R. <laughs> no, in the U.S. of A., of course. Um, Vermont. He's getting some Ben and Jerry's, I bet. Uh, that kind of surprise, surprising since uh, for so long he was one of the mo- more visible stars in Hollywood, considering that he showed up just about anywhere he could. A lot of fans, no doubt, still remember him from some of his most famous appearances back in the day as he was always good at playing an obnoxious character that wasn't always that bright, but somehow living, livened up the movie. He was in all the same. For all the work he's put in, it feels as though he's been shunted to the side over the past decade or so, perhaps due to his legal issues or something else. It's hard to say. But Randy Quaid has had pretty impressive career. Yeah, quit stroking him here. Um, yeah, they haven't really told me a whole lot about... Uh, it's just going to go over his fucking filmography here. I don't want to know about that. I want to see... I know he's got a Twitter page. And uh, I know he was, he's a big uh, MAGA guy. And uh, he's uh, <laughs> talked about some pretty crazy, cons- he's a huge conspiracy guy. It uh, looks like, yeah, he's he's still on the tweeting. He's, uh, hmm. This is a tweet. Yeah, okay, Brandon, go take another shit in front of the Pope. I don't know what that's in relation to, but apparently, uh, did did Joe Biden take a shit in front of the Pope? <laughs> uh, there's uh, yeah, it's crazy pictures. Man, this this fucking oh, this is this crazy video. He's he's got those crazy eyes. But, uh, you know, this was back in November of 2020, right after Jan, or right before, I guess, January 6th. This is right uh, This is right after the election of 2020. But he's losing his fucking mind. Time to make OAN and Newsmax rich. Fox is dead to me. Like, Randy Quaid is the guy that, he's leading the charge. Watch out. That was, I'm sure they lost a lot of, <laughs> Uh, a lot of there's man this guy oh I was read that backwards I was like this guy used to be a huge fucking star but he I was looking I read it backwards I thought he had a thousand followers but he's it's he's following over a thousand and then he's got 569,000 that's quite a few people to follow Randy Quaid are they following it to see what kind of crazy shit he puts out or (laughs) um but uh, he's very active on Twitter still. This is, uh, he hasn't posted anything today, tweeted today, but he uh, he was tweeting a lot the other day. Anyway, um, you look into a Star Whacker shit, that shit gets a little cray-cray. Little on the crazy side, Cousin Eddie. That's kind of his brand kind of his brand i almost feel like is he really as crazy as he like portrays himself to be or is he just is it just like he's just so used to acting batshit crazy that it just kind of emanates and that's just what it is i know you know michael jackson did crazy fucking shit and he would purposely call from what i understand he would get a hold of uh the uh, tabloids and such and he would send them pictures or have, let them take pictures of him like sleeping in a hyperbolic chamber and stuff because he was big into like circus 
like uh, P.T. Barnum and stuff. And uh, he liked a spectacle, and he wanted weird stories out about there about out there about himself. Although I'm pretty sure he didn't plant the pedophilia thing. I think that just kind of came out because <laughs> there was some inappropriate shit he did with children. Just saying. As man, <sighs> been thinking about this a lot lately. Well, yeah, for whatever reason, I still hear you know Michael Jackson songs playing here and there. Which he's got really good music. There's some really great Michael Jackson songs. I've really loved some Michael Jackson songs. And it's been a few years now since I've watched this, but ever since I watched that damn Leaving Neverland documentary, where they go into pretty great detail about all the uh, situations they were in with uh, Mr. Michael Jackson and uh, the the stuff that he was doing with them. And it really, man, it's it's difficult for me to listen to fucking Michael Jackson. I never want to listen to Michael Jackson anymore. And yet I still end up hearing him. And I used to love Thriller, man. Used to love that shit. Video is fucking awesome. And <laughs> it reminds me, uh, I couldn't tell you how old we were, but Shelly and I, when we were children... Um, there's a great photo of us, I believe our, our mother took, uh, and I, I don't know, I'm fucking young, and uh, Shelly's got the Michael Jackson doll. I feel like he might even have like a red jacket on, like the red leather jacket. I could be wrong. I know we had the glove, or maybe so much he had it, but we would like the 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 shiny white glove. And, uh, you know, there might have been a couple of hee-hees and stuff in there. If there was any crotch grabbing, it was you grabbed your own crotch. We never, we didn't live, thankfully, anywhere near Neverland Ranch. There was, neither one of us were ever good at doing the moonwalk, as I recall, either. So there was no reason to be like, hey, you know, Mike, check it out. We can see what these kids can do. We never uh, got to uh, hang out with Macaulay Culkin. And uh, I would have preferred to hang out with uh, Elijah Wood, though. If he could, if Macaulay could have just, you know, hooked me up with Elijah. Even today, you know, I'd love to go hang out with Elijah Wood. He seems like quite the character. As we talked about, or I talked about <laughs> many moons ago. I don't know, it was quite a few months ago. And... Uh, my friend uh, Kevin had actually mentioned on Facebook because he uh, regularly listens to this show here. And uh, there's that great fucking movie, which I did get around to watching. It was in my queue on Netflix forever. And uh, there's the, um, the great, it might, I don't know if that was a made for Netflix movie, but it's the I Don't Feel at Home anymore or at in this world anymore which is um a great it was pretty pretty entertaining i can't, uh, can't remember what the uh, female lead's name is in that um she's been in other things though there's uh she's not real big um how was like his uh Elijah Woods <laughs> name's not like he doesn't get like top billing. He's like the second biggest character in that fucking thing. Why is he not credited higher up on here? I guess uh, IMDb doesn't post things uh, like they are on the fucking would be on the uh, old call sheet. It's Melanie Linsky. She's the female lead in that. And uh <laughs> Elijah Wood's got that crazy fucking rat tail. Um, oh, she was in Up in the Air. That's a good movie. George Clooney's, I believe that was his directorial debut. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure he at least directed it. Also had Vera Farmiga. They actually filmed part of that at Lambert Airport in St. Louis. Fun fact. Um, I did enjoy that. And, uh, to enjoy some Vera Farmiga. And it's good to see her, like, go back and watch that and not see her 
as say a uh, <laughs> ever since it seems like the Bates Motel, she's just become the crazy mother. As she also played the uh, mother of Tony Soprano in uh, <laughs> the uh, Saints of Newark or what uh, the the Sopranos movie, The Many Saints of Newark. I believe is what that was called, which was a fantastic movie. And Vera Farmiga did do a good job of uh, playing his mother, as I, I don't recall the name of the original actress that played uh, Tony's mom, but good stuff. Yeah, anyway, the I don't feel at home in this world anymore. I'm, I believe it might still be on Netflix. I think that's a Netflix original. It's it. Well, it says on this page here, Netflix now streaming. So hopefully, it's still on there. Um, <clears throat> it's a, it's, a, it's a good. Let's see a synopsis here. Uh, when a depressed woman is burglared, she finds a new sense of purpose by tracking down the thieves alongside her obnoxious neighbor. They soon find themselves dangerously out of their depth against a pack of degenerate criminals. And uh, <laughs> Elijah Wood ends up helping her out. And, of course, he's got this fucking rat tail. And he looks like he's got these horrible workout gloves. Like he's obsessed with bad fashion from, like, the 80s or 90s. <laughs> and... uh He's got uh, throwing stars he uses, and he does hit a few people with some some throwing stars in it, and that's pretty entertaining. His look in it is pretty great, though. He's got nunchucks. It's almost a like Napoleon Dynamite. He he acts kind of like Napoleon, not quite like Napoleon Dynamite, but you know, having the bow staff, you know, the nunchucks. It's almost like he's talking about his bow staff skills, you know. But he looks. Like Napoleon Dynamite's brother <laughs> acts a bit like Napoleon Dynamite. Like this is like I wonder, you know, what would happen to Napoleon Dynamite after high school? Because I believe that takes place in high school. As it would be interesting to see like a Napoleon Dynamite sequel, where it's him as an adult and you know maybe doing some bad shit, maybe Breaking Bad, if you will. I wonder if that is uh, ever a thing, a sequel on that. Um, yeah, it said, oh, April 1st. Yeah, that was a fake story. I'm assuming that's a fake story. There's uh, a <laughs> Liger Studios is set to begin production of Napoleon Dynamite. Dos, Summer's Revenge, uh, Liger Studios. <laughs> That's great. They call it Liger Studios. Uh, this is oh, this is a more recent thing, and it wasn't on April Fool's Day. Is this real? This isn't a site I would trust. Cantonrep.com. I don't even know what the fuck. Uh, Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite hints at sequel hypes new Buzz Lightyear movie. Oh, okay. What is the Efron Efron um, Ramirez said he moves on diligently from one acting role to the next, whether it's appearing in 2004 oddball comedy Napoleon Dynamite or lending his voice to this summer's anticipated blockbuster Lightyear. While he speaks fondly of portraying a high school student named Pedro who ran for class president with the aid of the improv dancing Napoleon, the 48-year-old Ramirez said he fully invests himself in every character on screen or stage, cult classic or not. That also applies to a voice acting role, of course, in Lightyear, featuring popular Toy Story character Buzz Lightyear. Movie opened June 20 or June 17th, so it you know opened eight days ago. <laughs> uh, so when the Project Light Lightyear came about from TV shows to feature films to animation voiceover. I do the work because that's what the work requires for me to do, Ramirez said enthusiastically. The process even in theater is all the same. You really have to live in the moment and trust the story that you are involved with as an actor. Ramirez said he was both surprised and intrigued when offered a role in the computer animated science fiction film Made for Children. 
Explained to me the technology and the whole thing is just incredible. Ramirez said he plays a science engineer named Diaz in support of Space Ranger Buzz motherfucking Lightyear. He wouldn't say much else. Movie studios strictly prohibit him from elaborating, he said. But in a gracious effort to accommodate the questionnaire, uh, questioner, Ramirez added, What else can I say? I could say that the movie is incredible. The story, just because of technology and because the way it's done, it looks incredible. It sounds wonderful. It's composed. Offering a final thought, he said loudly, It will blow your mind. Lightyear is undoubtedly a noteworthy role for Ramirez, who's appeared in numerous television shows and movies, including Crank. Great fucking movie. Great fucking movie. I think that's Jason Statham's best two films, Crank and Crank fucking two. Anyway, Ploy of the Month, Eastbound and Down, another great fucking show, and Casa de Mi Padre. However, it's Pedro Sanchez, for whom he's forever synonymous. Here we go. We're finally getting to the meat of the story here. That enduring link to the sleeper hit indie movie is what brings both Ramirez and Napoleon Dynamite co-star John Heater to the Canton Palace Theater on Sunday for a 6 p.m. special screening, which this is past that date. But uh, Ramirez and Heater Heater, uh, also discussed the film and answered questions. The event... During an online video interview, Ramirez was comedic, engaging, and open to talking about all things Napoleon Dynamite uh, while hinting at the possibility of a sequel. Throughout the years, there were talks about doing a prequel and doing a sequel, and I don't think we're in that stage of having to do a prequel anymore. Yeah, you're, you're kind of on the old side. It all depends because if you do a sequel, it's got to support the story and it's got to continue on like what would actually happen. Asked about the likelihood of a follow-up, he paused. Um, uh, legally, all I can say is it's up in the air, Ramirez said, laughing at his own skirting of the question. In the meantime, he said Napoleon Dynamite continues to attract devoted fans to special screenings like the one set in Canton. Uh... There's no expletives, there's no cussing, so this is a film that grandparents introduce their grandchildren to. Families can sit together and watch and enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, so no real details. Just, you know, they're interested. That doesn't mean shit. Because in Hollywood, it's really hard to get movies made. They cost a lot of money. Cost a lot of money. It's a classic film, though. Classic fucking film. I'm still excited. I I plan to hopefully go see this in the theater when it comes out. I'm sure, it probably will. If I can scrape together enough cash. Uh, but I really want to see Thor: Love and Thunder. Pretty stoked about that. Natalie Portman becoming basically Thor. She's she's using Molnir and uh, getting some hammer time. Some hammer action. Pretty great. And I fucking love me some Taika Waititi and what he did with Thor Ragnarok. Hemsworth is really... I felt like the first two was just kind of... They were okay. They were okay. They weren't great. They weren't fucking great. Not like fucking Ragnarok, man. I don't know, Maybe it's just the Zeppelin song. <laughs> There's... There's definitely a, a great feel to Taika's movies, though. There's there's some uh, some joyous fun. It's like, you know, like when you go to the movie theater, I feel like it needs to be set on one of a amusement theme park ride. That's kind of the, you know, the big movies to me in the past were like that. Back to the Future with the DeLorean, all that shit. It was, you're going back in time. You know, I felt like I was at Universal Studio in a way, which I've never been to, so I'm just assuming this is what you'd feel like. <laughs> Indiana Jones, man, especially like the Temple of Doom. There's the mind chase stuff. It's like, like you're in it. You're fucking riding that mine train. It's a lot more epic than the one in Six Flags, though I'm not down, d- dissing the one in Six Flags. It's a classic. Love that show when I was a kid. But it was pretty intense in Temple of Doom. Anyway, I digress. Yet again. 
Um, I'm just glad I finally got to talk about the tanks. <laughs> I feel like I, had I not been so tired, I would have been able to talk more about the tanks for longer. And if I wasn't distracted from uh, the whole su- Supreme Court uh, decisions and stuff, but uh, and uh, don't want to draw any attention to the fact that I've got a stockpile of Plan B, and uh, they will be auctioning it off to the highest bidder once they've fully outlawed that. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Be great if I did though. Imagine that stuff's probably gonna go higher than way higher than gas prices. It's gonna go way high. Ah. <sighs> Great times we're living in, though. Great times, great times, and uh, I, I. That's all I've got, man. That's really all I've got. Hopefully, I'll have that guitar in a couple of weeks and have something a little uplifting to talk about. Just the smell of it. I mean, I I had a new guitar in 2020, so it was a, a Fender Strat. It had a nice smell, but I, I don't know. I hear Gibson, and with the Les Paul, it's more. Over 20 years since I had a new Les Paul. It was an Epi the first time. And what also, Gibson uses the nitrocellulose finish, and that gives a different smell. I believe all of my other guitars use a polypropylene. And it's different ballpark, different ballpark. So I'm going to get some nice smells out of this. Screw the tone wood. I just want to smell that lacquer. Anyway. Yeah, that's all I've got. As always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.